on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. On today's chats episode, I'm chatting with a good old boy Justin and with main man Brent. Well, we are drinking today, and we'll be chatting about you know these beverages kind of as we go along. We've pulled some rather interesting things out of our vast collections. I have not told them in advance what I'm drinking, and I definitely want to see everyone's raw reaction to this. So what are you drinking, Brent? I am drinking some Michter's Tan Rye 2017. I want to drink the whiskey, but I want to smell it even more. <laughs> you oh, yeah. do. That's part of it. That's part of the enjoyment. I'm telling you, I, I could smell this, you know, probably for three or four hours, not even take a sip of it. Well, Justin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Willet Five Year Single Barrel. Ooh, wow. How about that? We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios why because that's where the good stuff is it sips suds and smokes with your smoke and host the good old boys ready to learn everything you ever wanted to know and a whole lot that you didn't it's time for a chat episode hey welcome to this chat episode where everything good in life is worth discussing i am one of your co-hosts here today this is good old boy mike and joining me today are main man brent where are we here again you know I thought the check would have cashed by now, okay? <laughs> Do I need to put up new pictures, you know, in front of you just to bring it home again? Yeah, made man Brent. <laughs> so, also joining me here today that doesn't have the same reward system is good old boy Justin. Hey, good afternoon. Well, our chat segments are all about people behind the products or the services that we talk about here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. And today's episode celebrates our co-hosts on the 10th season of Sips, Suds, and Smokes. And if we have time, we're actually going to discuss the Camel Beauty Contest as our topic worth discussing. Or as Brent likes to say, why are we talking about camels? <laughs> I thought we were talking about cigarettes for a second. <laughs> no, I mean, you got to have a good camel story, you know, every now and then. So, yeah. Well, our co-hosts uh, on this episode uh, are Made Man Brent and good old boy Justin. So, uh, you know, the first question I have is, do you guys remember how we met? Yes, I definitely do. I was over in Sarasota at the... The, there, there's the whiskey fest, what they call the whiskey fest over there. Whiskey obsession. Whiskey obsession. And I was walking around in my bourbon mafia shirt and along with Bob. And you tracked us down and said, hey, how would you guys like to, uh, you know, be part of a radio show podcast? And I said, no. And Bob started dragging me, said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the interesting backstory about that was, so 
uh, one of the members of the mafia had chimed in on, you know, one of the episodes and provided some comments and stuff. And, you know, had said, you know, I'm from the bourbon mafia. If you've not heard, you know, our whiskey group. And I'm like, wow, that sounds interesting. The bourbon mafia. I'm like, sounds like kind of a cool kind of group. Cause this was really early on. I mean, there weren't really that many, you know, whiskey groups around. I didn't even know. I don't might've been Brian, um, you know, that, that reached out and it, but I didn't remember exactly who that was. And so when I saw that logo, you know, that Bob was walking around with and you on your shirt, I was like, oh, cool. I'll get, you know, like to get to know these guys, you know, just a little more. So um, it's a small group. We only have like 42 members. Yeah. So, so it was it's a really, very small group. Very chance encounter. So, Justin, you got invited to the party a little bit later. Yes, I did. I met Bob at uh, tasting at Crown. And he told me about the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. You buy a glass and you drink for free forever. It's the most insane thing. Hmm. So I'm like, yeah, in. And then I met Brent and then uh, joined Brent on Bourbon Mondays that he runs in his house where we have some fun, drink some bourbon, talk some stuff. And then after being in the show about a year, I met Mike at the airport and we hung out for a few days. Had a good time. Cool. Um, so how many episodes did you think you'd be on when you first started? Uh, Two. One. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I thought after I did one, they, they'd be like, yeah, thanks. Well, Not yeah. a professional. <laughs> well, right. In his first episode, he did have all but three words. So, I mean, really, really, how many episodes was that? <laughs> well, I set the expectations, you know, where they should be right from the get-go. <laughs> Well, we are drinking today, and we'll be chatting about you know these beverages kind of as we go along. We've pulled some rather interesting things out of our vast collections. So um, I'll tell you what I'm uh, drinking here first, because I have not told them in advance what I'm drinking. And I definitely want to see everyone's raw reaction to this. So this is what I'm drinking today is the 2014 Limited Edition Four Ooh. Roses. And... Uh, so this is one of my favorite of the limited editions. This is back. Uh, so one of the things they did with the limited editions back in this period of time, and when they first started doing the limited editions, they were actually not batches. They were single barrels um, that of a common recipe is the way they did this. So this is a OESF. They usually, they put the, uh, they put the recipe on the side, and this is an 11-year. And this is one of, one of my favorites. And, you know, I've had a lot of OESF over the years, but there was just something about this particular one. And I ended up actually getting a second bottle of this. It's not the exact same barrel. It's the sister barrel that was actually right next to it. Nice. So, And they're both really awesome. So what are you drinking, Brent? I am drinking some... Michter's Tan Rye, 2017. It's a nice little. Uh, it's the nose on this is just. It just doesn't stop. I mean, this is one of the reasons why why I like this one here is. Uh, it just the nose is so beautiful. And it's really interesting. I know you guys can't you know see obviously what we're doing here on the radio, but. I think we should keep track of the number of times we actually end up nosing our glass because I've caught myself picking up my glass and putting it down, and I'm probably around number eighteen, you know, on doing that now. And it's, it's just, it's such a natural thing now. It's like, 
I, I want to drink the whiskey, but I want to smell it even more. <laughs> oh, yeah. You do. That's part of it. That's part of the enjoyment. I'm telling you, I, I could smell this, you know, probably for three or four hours, not even take a sip of it. Well, Justin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Willet five year single barrel. Ooh, wow. How about that? It's a rye. Interesting choice. All good choices, you know, kind of across the board. Well, um, you know, we talked about a lot of things, you know, on the show, and I, I know that you probably have some of your memorable moments. So, Justin, what was one of your most memorable, you know, episodes? I would definitely say the first episode was the most memorable. So, Justin's first episode was called The Wheel of Misfortune, and it was actually featuring some really young whiskey out from Florida. And I love Brent's reaction to that when I told him he was like, yeah. Oh man, that was a tough show. (laughs) (laughs) We could do it today and it'd still be a tough show. Yeah. So here's a clip from that show featuring Justin. Oh, I think that um, it's very important that we nurture, especially as Floridians, the new whiskey industry. And I think it'd be interesting to have it as part of a uh, age vertical where you have the newer stuff that's like 16 months, like this expression. And I want to see it in about three years. And I think three years in North Florida is going to age like 12 years in Kentucky because you've got these hot summers pushing the whiskey right into the wood. It's not pulling it out much. I think it's going to age fast. And if they do the blend right, if they achieve balance, it's going to be exceptional. I'll give it two sips today, though. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it could, it could still have, sucks. Could not have yes. been more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame, I'm not. Or Nostradamus, you know, none of those so Damas. What you're saying is that the, there are no bottles of St. Augustine or, frankly, any of those Florida whiskeys in your vast collection. Okay, yeah, I have I have a bottle or two, but they're not open. Okay, <laughs> they're just there observing light. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're in Florida. Here's a Florida whiskey that I'm not going to drink. Yeah. There you go. Well, Brent, what's one of your favorite moments from the show? Well, there's a lot of good moments, but one of the best ones is we did a blind tasting of four roses of all the recipes, and we did it initially, and nothing recorded, so we had to drink them and do it all again. Well, here's a clip from that show, which is called I'm Blinded with Four Roses. This is pretty late into the episode when Brent finally gets a chance to speak up. Brent, what do you think about uh, number seven, OBSO, the Fine Spirit Store pick? <coughs> well, the, f- the first thing I noticed right off the bat was it had the best nose. When you're nosing this, yeah. it would really turn through. It was, a, it was you know, right off, you, you just got a lot of those, got a lot of those spices right off the bat. Then, you, you know, you got your clove, your peppers, your vanilla, light caramel. And then after you taste it, you just had that long, nice, long finish. It was very good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was, uh, for the sips rating, I'm going to give it a uh, four. Four. <clears throat> and Bob, you're uh, tasting notes on OB. Not bad. That's uh, pretty spot on, you know, and a very interesting uh, production day. So I, I'm listening to this now and I'm hearing all the coughing, which we pretty much have eliminated now, you know, through our post-production editing process. So 
Um, and what a tough room we were in recording in the whiskey house at uh, whiskey house one location. And it was just, that room was so lively and uh, there were a lot of people and we had a lot of table noise and it was just, when I was listening to it, I was like, Oh my God, I, can we go back and record this a third time? <laughs> you know, it was just so bad. Well, I have some of my most memorable moments for the two of you as well. One of them was really recent with Justin. And the thing that I love about Justin is his, his tasting uh, adjectives and terms are just so innovative. And so my favorite uh, episode is actually from um, the episode called Guess My Age. It was a blind tasting of three American whiskeys and three scotch to try and figure out which one was the oldest, the youngest, and the relative age you know, of each of these whiskeys. And here was Justin chiming in with his tasting note around one of the first scotch products. 18 years old. And um, it was sweet, but um, the glue note in this one is definitely late semester glue. <laughs> late semester. Yeah, it's not the first week of middle school. Sensory it's training. The That's end. Yeah. It's not the end. Hmm. Hey, we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's chats episode, I'm chatting with a good old boy, uh, Justin, and with main man Brent. And we were talking about some of our favorite moments uh, on the show. And so I wanted to play this, this clip again. My favorite is, is of Justin actually using the, the term of glue. <laughs> it takes him out again. <laughs> years old. And um, cheated. it was sweet. Paper. But um, the glue note in this one is definitely late semester glue. <laughs> late semester. Yeah. It's not the first week of middle school. Sensory it's training. The end. Yeah. It's not the end. Hmm. Now, in your wildest dreams, do you did you ever like think that you would be using glue as as a tasting term? I mean, you know. No. And no. what's funny about it is that you kept on using it through the whole episode, which was even <laughs> even more hilarious the whole time. You're like, well, actually, this is like, you know fourth fourth grade mid-semester kind of glue <laughs> like you know do you have like a a glue a glue you know maturity scale that you're actually going through you know, you know it oxidizes <laughs> through the semester it changes it so <laughs> you know it's like if you've yeah. been on that ride then you know well it's funny because he's following the, the you know one of the coaching tips that i always you know have for our coast which is use terms that are very simple that everybody can understand like when you're talking about how something's sweet use candies that you know people probably have had that candy at some point in time i never thought that you would choose to use glue which everybody <laughs> on the planet has sniffed elmer's glue <laughs> of some kind as a tasting note but so all I know is you just followed the instructions and it's my fault. So at the end of the day, <laughs> well, here's one of my favorite moments with Brent on the show. And I love this because it steps into your Northern heritage. And I love just the banter between you and um, good old boy Harmeet here. This is from the episode called Please Enunciate Peanuts. Brent, what do you think? Uh, I, uh, I have to agree with a lot of that. I got I got peanuts with it though. You know, this is a nice honey color. Yeah, there is a enunciates because yeah. I didn't. You know, yeah. I didn't want to hear that. Peanuts, peanuts. <laughs> you. You know, Charlie some, Brown. Right. Um, you know, with with the nose, I get some. You know, vanilla and oak. Uh, the on the palate, I definitely get peanuts and oak, clove, spice. 
peanut. Yes, please. Yes. A little bit of vanilla. With a, a, I agree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, this is this still for me though. You know, it's got a nice little mouthfeel to it. This is one of the you know we're working our way up, and this is you know much nicer than what we've already had. And but it still has a short finish to me. I wish I had a little bit longer finish. I know you said it was a medium finish, but it's still still a little bit short finish. I'm just going to give it a a three sips. I enjoyed it. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Maury. Yeah, so my coaching tip is never use the word peanuts and mouthfeel in the same two-minute stroke <laughs> of anything you're talking about. <laughs> and what's funny about it is is that, one, it actually made the name of the episode was this, this two-minute clip so that I was like, oh, that is too funny, you know, between Armin and Brent going on here. And so, you know, I stole it as the name of the episode. But the other thing is that it's just one consistent thing. It's like, you know, Justin and Tasting Notes, you did it with you did it with uh, peanuts. You did it with uh, pecans. <laughs> so you were like, and you and Harmie fighting about how to say pecans. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a pecan. And you're like, no, no. A can that you pee in is called a pecan. You don't call right. it a pecan. It's a pecan. <laughs> and, then you, and, and then you had another moment where you were arguing about how to uh, say praline or praline. <laughs> and so it's just this north-south conversation constantly going on, you know. And I just, oh. I love it. It's so funny. What are you? You say praline or praline? Praline. <laughs> it's a praline. Oh my gosh. You know, we, how much sweet tea do you consume? I don't <laughs> think we're going to have to cut you off, man. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear about your day jobs. I know both of you have some very interesting things you do during the day. Justin, we'll start with you. What's your day job? I do uh, criminal law, traffic, and personal injury. He has all the really, really good stories. I hope we get to a couple today. Brent, how many day jobs do you have on top of being retired? I don't even know. I just keep myself busy is the main thing. So I do a lot of selling on eBay with collectibles, mostly drinking glasses. And I do a lot of volunteer work with um, with different organizations where I pick up day-old bread, day-old food, and deliver it. I also take uh, deliver food to kids uh, once a week for that they take home on the nights and weekends. Um, I run some charity poker tournaments for different org- different charity organizations. And a little bit of Ubering whenever I had a chance, but I actually stopped it since the whole COVID thing. I just haven't gone back. Hmm. But you're retired, right? Yes, I'm retired from the military Coast Guard, 20 years. Well, that is some list for somebody that's retired. You know, I've never asked you, what was your rank at retirement? I was an electrician first class. Electrician? Wow. Yes. Okay, I learned something new today. Uh, well, first, you know, I thank you for your service. And I know that you actually you served up on the northern uh, part of the U.S., right? Was your, mostly, where you were stationed? Yes. Yeah. Mostly, yes. And you kept all those Canadians to check for us, correct? Well, you had to go over to the Canadians and check them out. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so did I ever tell you about the uh, young kid that worked for me that was fresh out of the Coast Guard? No, you did not. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell the whole story. We just don't have enough time. Uh, but so I hired this kid. He was right out of the Coast Guard. He was still probably uh, in his late 20s. And um, 
he came right off the Great Lakes, which is, I believe, you were stationed on the Great Lakes as well. Yes. And, you know, so I, when I was asking him about, you know, what did he do, you know, in the Coast Guard, he was like, water ski. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that we do, like, all the time. We usually water ski for, like, three to four hours a day. <laughs> like, oh, okay, all right, you know. Awesome. So, when do you start? Do you say, thank you for your service? Or, you know, <laughs> what kind of solemn course do you guys have? I mean, <laughs> where, where, do you, where do you go from there? You know, it's like, but my favorite story was actually uh, his, one of his initial assignments um, so it was it was kind of this you know rite of passage that they have was actually to be able to learn to uh, bail out a boat you know that's sinking. So there was a boat that was sinking. They pull up beside it. They're like, "Well, you're up, you know, and you have to you know take the pump on board and, and start it up and actually you know get all the water you know out of the vessel so that you know we can tow it in." So he gets out. He gets you know boards the boat. They hand him the pump. And they pull away, you know, from the boat and stuff. And so he's sitting there, he's, he's working on, you know, trying to start the pump. And they're like, oh, he's, he has no idea. He's been to training in like 200 hours to know how to run this pump, you know. And he can't get it started. And the boat is sinking. <laughs> so and he's like, he's like yelling for help and stuff. And so they're like, no, 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 you have to figure it out. You know? And so the, the, all of a sudden the boat takes on so much water, it starts to lisp and he's going down and he bails out of the boat. The boat sinks to the ground. <laughs> so they end, up, they, they end up hauling um, the, the pump back out of the water. They go and retrieve the pump and put it back on the boat. And they find out that they didn't put any fuel in it. So that's the reason why the pump never worked. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they couldn't blame it on the electrician. It wasn't your fault. It was the nope. guy who was supposed to fuel the pump. It was his fault that day. But I just love that. I was like, wow, you know, it's just, you wonder where, what kind of stories. I know you've got some wild stories worth noting from those days as well. Yeah. There's, I mean, we've actually had to sink a boat before because it was on fire and, and it's, you try not to sink it, but it's, you know, you're putting so much water on it that you put the fire out, but you sank the boat at the same time. <laughs> Pure victory. A pure victory. So, so, yeah. Yes, the fire is gone. And so is your boat. The operation was a success. Unfortunately, the patient did not make it. <laughs> so, we've had things like that. Um, you, you know, we did a lot of victory like before it goes down or right after it goes under the water. You know what? <laughs> You're high fiving everybody. Yes, we put out the fire. <laughs> You know, we mission accomplished. I, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think of probably all the wild adventures you had. You know, it's actually the passion you have for poker that I hear about the most. <laughs> and yet we have not, you and I have never played, which is so crazy because I used to play, you know, quite often, both online and in cash games all the time. And I had to get out of it because it just, it stopped being fun. So, I mean, how do you balance all of those things that you do all the time? I just stay busy. That's all. It's you're in a room full of whiskey. It's a good start. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, plus when I'm doing the poker, we're actually playing for a cause um, of, you know, for a charity of, of some kind. And so it makes it where you're not playing for cash. You're playing more for fun, you know, and maybe you can win. Maybe you can win a little bit of money, but for the most part, you're playing for fun and it's okay. I have what you call the cursing for a cause jar. So if somebody curses at the table, they put money in it, and that money goes every month to a, a different charity. So 
they makes a lot of money let's just say that but a lot of people are I was like, about to say i'm gonna have to be donating in advance even before i show up <laughs> well that's what some people do is they just throw ten dollars and say i got i got ten dollars worth already here you know so they throw it in there and they'll just they'll just say say it just to give money to the charity which is a fun thing to do too well, I think you have one very hidden talent, which is misjudging a vessel in its capacity, kind of like the boat you sank. You know, let's say like a 2006 Mercedes Benz SL500 and 167 <laughs> bottles of whiskey. All right, look, this is a much longer story. But this one time, Brent asked me to pick up some, in quotes, some whiskey for him in Louisville and haul it back to Nashville. <laughs> well, some, in quotes, was about 167 bottles that did not naturally fit in my two-seater. But we figured out, you know, the entire thing, the Jenga puzzle to make it all fit. All right. But listen, I've seen you put this talent to great use. So how many loaves of bread can you put in your minivan? And what's that all about? 1,207. Wow. I don't know how many loaves. Uh, it was uh, the loaves of bread and stuff was picking bread up, day old bread from Publix and Costco, and then taking it to uh, a, an, a retirement, like a, like a retirement kind of village area, a low income retirement area, so that they all got extra food for the week. You knew they weren't going to starve. That's really great, Brent. And I think it's, uh, it's, you know, I don't think you juggle all those things. I think you do all of them, you know, exceptionally well. And so, you know, my hat's off to you because uh, that's really amazing, you know, for sure. Well, I also know that you're the Pied Piper of many things. And so I, what brought you to the Bourbon Mafia, you know, originally? Well, the I'm one of the founders of the Bourbon Mafia. There was original 12 of us that's, that started it, and I was not the one that started it. But I'd been going up to Kentucky, to up to Louisville, for many events. There'd be different events, and I would go up there to them. And, and back then, with the small groups and things, there was... You know, I got noticed because I was there all the time. It was because like, you said, hi, I'm from Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but the... Uh, Would you like a praline with that? No. <laughs> but I'd go up there. I'd go up there and they would... Uh, they noticed it. There was a lot of different Maker's Mark events and some charity events that I got involved with. And so I got invited to be one of the first 12. And it was quite an honor, and we still continue to today. That's pretty cool. We do a lot of charity work for for organizations. Yeah, and it was such a great model. It was very easy, you know, for me to step in and do something very similar with a different organization. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't even know we're behind. You know, a lot of these groups. And I mean, we literally, you know, probably put five million dollars across the board. You know, to uh, charities. Um, through the power of whiskey, you know, all the time. So it's very, very cool. All right. So we, uh, uh, we have time for our topic worthy of discussion today. I'll try to run through some of this. It's about a camel beauty contest that was rocked by a Botox scandal. Now, this year, authorities discovered dozens of breeders had injected camels, heads, and lips with Botox to make them bigger. <laughs> now, first off, you say dozens. That's... I mean, so this is like a common practice, right? That was that was the whole thing. So Saudi authorities uh, have conducted the biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contests. 
wonder how you put that on your resume. I'm the guy that inspects Camel Beauty Contest that received Botox injections and other artificial touch-ups. The state-run Saudi press agency reported Wednesday with over 40 camels disqualified for their annual pageant. Now, Saudi's popular king... Uh, of the festival, which kicked off earlier this month, invites the breeders of the most beautiful camels to compete for $66 million in prize money. Okay. Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations to make the camels more attractive are strictly prohibited, and jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's head, necks, humps, dress, and posture. What's a posture of a camel? Why why would you put... A dress on Slouching a camel. camel. <laughs> Strident camel. You're going to put a dress on a camel? I don't understand that either. Well, the judges at the month-long festival in the d- deserts northeast of the Saudi city, Riyadh, are escalating their clampdown on artificially enhanced camels. The official new agency reported using specialized and advanced technology for detecting tampering. This year, authorities discovered dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of the camels, used hormones to boost the beast's muscles, and injected camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger. They inflated body parts with rubber bands and used fillers to relax their faces the club is keen to all halt all acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels the spa report said according to in adding organizers were imposing strict penalties on manipulators the camel beauty contest is at the heart of the massive carnival which also features camel races, sales and other festivities typically showcasing thousands of dromedaries The extravaganza seeks to preserve the camel's role in the kingdom, the Bedouin tradition and heritage, each even as the oil-rich country plows ahead with modernizing mega projects. The camel breeding is a multi-million dollar industry and similar events take place across the region. All right, so I actually think that this technique could be used with online dating in North Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's already being used in online dating in North Dakota. You need more lips, babe. <laughs> the Canadians are not going to venture across the border with those kind of lips, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like my women from North Dakota to be have like full lips, you know. <laughs> Back here in Alberta, you know, if they don't have big cheeks, I like big lips. <laughs> I like big lips and I cannot lie. <laughs> you know, it's the person that thought of this first that I actually want to meet. Who is the true in- innovator? He was like, "Yeah, you know, we should use Botox on the camel." Obviously, <laughs> that's it's the guy I want to meet. You know, plastic just, surgeon, right? Well, you're giving away yeah. sixty some million dollars. Of course, you're going to do something to, you know, you're if you're not trying to cheat, you're not taking advantage of the situation. Absolutely. If you're going to go down, go down with all the other cheaters, right? You got to be right on the edge. Where do you put camel breeder on your Tinder profile? I mean, I'm well, seeing lots of swipe right action with this unique talent. You know? <laughs> Let's see here. Martha, this guy says he's a camel breeder. I think you should swipe right. You know? <laughs> Ain't going to happen. So, Justin, do you think you could uh, be a good halfway house for the occupation occupation for these felons? Could you, you know, oh, I these run people, that. you could help run this, you know, no conflict at all for, for all these people that are, you know, <laughs> uh, targeted and in, in the 
in this uh, sweeping, you know, change in the camel breeding industry, you know, you'll just have to. Yeah, I, I could see it now. Hey, Judge, do you mind sending my client to my halfway house so I can double dip? <laughs> right. That'd be great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we'll start each day going, I will not put bo- Botox in camels. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back in just one minute. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's chats episode, I'm chatting with Made Man Brent and with good old boy Justin. And the the horrendous, you know, problem of of camels and, you know, breeding and, and Botox. I mean, we have to start a campaign to bring this to America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has to, it has to start somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? You go to all these fairs. Maybe there's sheeps and goats already being uh, Botox. You know, I agree. You know, if you can't do it with camels, do it with the one you love. <laughs> it's definitely going to be the next frontline episode. No doubt. Well, I always love talking shop with Justin. You know, uh, we're we're both, you know, lawyers, but. We, do, we don't do a lot of the same things. But the thing is, is that you get all the good stories, man. Mine are all Absolutely. boring, you know? So uh, what's your favorite uh, client story? So uh, one of one of my good friends, a bail bonds woman, who actually was a swinger as well. <laughs> and she calls me on a Friday night at like 11 at night. And I'm like, what? And she said, they want me on people's court. Like, for what? Well, my daughter took our pet monkey to the mall, and as monkeys do, it let itself out of the cage, and he jumped on this girl's back. And the girl, I can't believe she did this, swatted at the monkey that jumped on her back from out of nowhere, and the monkey bit her. So she's blaming the girl, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and then I, she's like, can, can you... Can you go on the show with me? I want my lawyer there. And I go, yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I said, you're going to go on the show. You're going to lose because you are liable as heck for this. And um, then, you're, you know, the show's going to write a check to her and make her sign a release. And she can never sue you again. So, and that's exactly what happened. Now, the best part of the story is she flew her monkey to California and the monkey was deemed too dangerous to be put on the air. So they put in a stunt monkey for the show. I never got to see the show, but I've, I've heard from other people that have that it's hilarious. Yeah. So I actually went looking for the episode. I was dying to pay, uh, play a clip from this and I honestly could not find it. You know, I mean, I, I searched for monkey. I searched for, you know, woman at mall. I searched for, you know, swinger. That was a rather interesting, you know, set of results that came <laughs> back. You, know? so- you can find the episode <laughs> talked about. But you can't find the video, right? Yeah. So uh, I found I saw some news releases, you know, about the actual incident, and uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, "Wow," you know. So you know, I mean, one of the big questions I was like, "How do you walk up and just you know introduce yourself? Do you say you're a bail bondsman or a swinger first? I mean, which one of these you know adjectives do you use first in the equation? Depends on whether you're walking into a club or a courthouse. I see. Yeah. So you make your way over to the other one. I would lead with the swinger thing as you're walking up to the judge. You know, so she did when I met her. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, your tasting descriptions are just a riot. And, you know, my favorite was the one that we, the clip we played earlier, which was the smell and taste of glue. Now, part of me actually wants to get you some sensory training, you know, but <laughs> then we would lose all this natural reaction, you know, as well. And, and you just sound, you, after you went through, you know, sensory training, you just sound as boring as Bob does. <laughs> so, <laughs> You just say mercurochrome and Band-Aid and, you know, and wood all the time and, you know, just repeat. So, I mean, what do you think has been some of your most unique tasting descriptions other than the one for glue? I'd say other than that one, the various descriptions of wood. Cedar or oak, <laughs> you know, rotting pine. No, none of which are... Used in the making of any whiskeys at all, which I think is it's hilarious. Well, that's true. But the barrel has oak in it. Yeah, it has a little bit of cedar in it. From where? From Yugoslavia? There wasn't a cedar tree within <laughs> 4,000 miles of that barrel. <laughs> you know? That would be an interesting project, putting cedar wood into whiskey. I wonder if anybody's ever done that. I Probably. I would like to try that. Yeah. I'll pass. I was about to say, and Brent says, wasn't that Oak and Stave? (laughs) (laughs) You know, a neighboring neighboring bourbon club around here picked a a single barrel of that stuff that we have those inserts for you you drop into the bottle, Mm -hmm. and they picked a single barrel of that. I, I shake my head and say, what were you thinking? Hey, if makers can do it, we can. <laughs> Not. <laughs> you know. Well, Justin has uh, one of my all-time bottles of unobtainium rum, which is the Black Tot. It's the last consignment version. And, you know, it was a really nice story about how you got this bottle. I'd love for you to share it with our audience. So, the story of the last consignment or the last ration is for about three or 400 years, the British Navy had, um, you got a ration of rum every day, about a liter of rum every day. And after three or 400 years, they finally decided that drunkenness and boating might not go well together. Unless you're with the Coast Guard. Yeah, unless you're with the Coast Guard. (laughs) And then in uh, 1971, they announced that this ration the next week is going to be the last one we ever do. And then, obviously, every sailor in the British Navy all over the world was bummed at the same time. And they called that day Black Tot Day. And um, they took the rum from this, and they just, there were, there were rations that, weren't given out because they prepared more of this rum than they expected to keep doing more rations. So there was it aged for like 20 or 30 years in rum barrels. And then about um, 2004 or 2003, they took all the rum and they put it in steel canisters so it would stop aging. You've added it, right. Yeah, and then, and then it got bottled and distributed and um, I got it from my girlfriend as a gift. Somehow she, she was able to score it. 
Um, things are going for ridiculous prices on the secondary market. A really great uh, experience, you know. Um, I think just enjoying the rum, but I think more importantly, enjoying it with you um, and actually you know, being able to drink it together at the same time. And it just had so much molasses, you know, around it. It was just such an indescribable experience. Um, there was no glue involved. So there was that. That's true. There was no glue. But well, I, yeah, I, it was intense. It's been great. You've actually joined us on some smokes episodes, and I just love that innocent element that you always bring you know to the subject matter um and i know you're kind of at the early stage of your journey you know with cigars but has any particular brand or you know anything kind of caught your undivided attention yet the my father brand Mm. bang for the buck garcia and garcia yeah best best cigars out there for the money Um, i love a good davidoff I love, you know, some Cuban sticks when they come my way every now and then. But if I'm going to do a consistent daily stick, it would be that. And there's one called My Father, the Judge. I just think the name's really funny, but it tastes pretty good, too. Mm. We're going to have a lot of really great, you know, cigars always to talk about on the show. And, you know, I'm looking forward to you know going through those with you. And, I, I again, I just I love that the balance that you always bring you know to a lot of the group discussions that we had so maybe brent will join us for like one or two of those you know that'd be fun i might are you just collecting cigars and not smoking them now no i'll smoke one every once in a while i give most of them away that i get but you know i used to back in the 90s i used to smoke cigars a lot when i say a lot i'd be you know every night probably i'd have a cigar Mm. You know, so I mean, it was a lot, and because uh, I we could get, I was in the Coast Guard, and we could easily get Cuban cigars at a really decent price. So we would get them and bring them back, and we'd enjoy them. And then my kids said, "Isn't cigar smoking bad?" And my kids are, you know, like like seven and nine or seven and seven, you know, at the at the time. And uh, is not smoking bad? And I said, uh, "Yeah." What are you going to say? So I kind of gave it up for many many years. And I just never really got back into it. Mm. <laughs> See, that's that cigar smoking. That's what it'll do to you. I wish. Sorry about that, everybody. So, uh, I mean, Justin, uh, what do you see, you know, you getting yourself hooked on next? I mean, we've taken you all the way through whiskey. We're getting you into cigars. I mean, what do you think is going to be the next interesting thing you're going to capture your attention? Oh, definitely the resurgence of freebase crack. That'd probably it'd definitely be the next thing. No, I, I think it'll be rum. Do you do you have all new T-shirts for that, or do you just use the old ones? The old ones, you know. If you don't go retro, just go home. Brent, new Jack how, City, you know, the, the, it goes on and on. Brent, how about it for you? You think there's like a new, interesting, you know, uh, thing that you'll will capture your attention that you're going? Oh man, I'm totally getting into this. I don't think so. I mean, I've gone through so many different phases, and I've had the the tequila phase, and I've had the the vodka and the rum and all that. And I, I just this is the what I enjoy the I enjoy the bourbon phase the most. So I'm just mm. going to stick with that. At least you're not collecting loaves of bread. So there's that. <laughs> well. <laughs> I have collected a lot of things. <laughs> As he's looking around the room, I'm going, wait, what? No way. You're not keeping the loaves of bread. 
Wonder Bread, 1938, <laughs> irreplaceable. <laughs> so I need to come up <laughs> with some ratings for the bread around you. Is that what you're saying? It's one of a future episode, you know, that we're going to go through. He's going to enjoy the Dusties. <laughs> well, I uh, really love having you both on the show. And, you know, I love closing out, you know, our chats episodes with... Uh, these questions from uh, James Lipton. I'm a huge fan of James and the actor studio, the late James Lipton. And I always wish that I could have answered those closeout questions. So it actually is now your turn, you know, to answer these questions. So I'm going to alternate between the two of you. So uh, I'm going to start with Brent. What was your favorite word? Oh, definitely peanuts in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked into that. All right, Justin, what's your least favorite word? Oh, my least favorite word is peanuts in your mouth. <laughs> Bottles dry. <laughs> the The bottle is dry. Okay. Bottle is dry. That's interesting. All right, Brent. So what turns you on? Uh, when women send me pictures just out of random, just like for no reason. Hmm. And they, and they do. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to ask about the disposition of their clothing. I already know with you. So, <laughs> Justin, what turns you off? Uh, when a woman smells like Elmer's glue. <laughs> Which semester? Real turn off. You know, mid semester is the worst. Mid semester glue is the yeah. worst. You know, I'm sorry, babe. It's just not going to happen. Your your mid semester glue is just. <laughs> Brent, what sound or noise do you love? Waterfalls. Okay. <laughs> no, pretty much waterfalls. I mean, r rushing water is is just uh, it's just something that's nice about it. So, uh, uh, so Justin, what's the sound or noise that you hate? Okay, sound or noise that I hate would be my alarm clock in the morning. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that would be that because he normally gets up at noon. So if it's in the morning, that's why he hates it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's right. So, Brent, what's your favorite curse word? Uh, definitely peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what's your favorite curse word? Sisters vagina. Oh, my goodness. It's used by um, some French Arabic students that used to hang out with me in, in university. Uh, Brent, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, probably a chef. Everybody says, "Why aren't you a chef? Why don't you? Why don't you go and be a chef someplace?" Hmm. And I do too much things as it is. I'm not going to do something else now. Yeah, I think that's a lot tougher than you think. A lot boring. A lot more boring than you think. Yeah, when you have to make the same thing every, yeah, single, every day, single day. Yeah, right. It's not right it's when not you can fun. choose what you want to make and you can just make that on a daily basis. Yeah. Then it's a whole lot different than having to be like, okay, well, here's our 20 items. We have to make these exactly the same all day long. Mm. Uh, Justin, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Porn star. <laughs> Most popular answer, by the way. So I, I want to say no that doubt. Was, it was not original. I will tell you who yeah. said it before you, but I'll give you one hint about that it was not Bob. <laughs> 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 really great stuff. Um, really enjoyed uh, having you both on this uh, chats episode today. Uh, so thank you, uh, good old boy Justin. Thank you. And thank you, Made Man Brent, for so many things that you've done for the show. Well, thanks. It's always been a pleasure. 
And you know the best about it is you don't have to wear pants. <laughs> Wait, strictly. I need to include those on the you know instructions going forward for sure. <laughs> well, it's just good old boy Mike asking you come back, enjoy another exciting episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. I will ask you to keep on sipping. Take it away there on the post roll, Drew. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. The subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone. Play podcast Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle at Sip Suds and Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands, millions, and millions of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor, take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Come back. Join us for another episode and keep on sipping. Tanhan production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>